start hearing, you know, magic, you're not working hard enough. Magic's not in the office. So people around the Laker office was telling me, Rob was saying things, and... Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka, and I didn't like those things being said behind my back, that I wasn't in the office enough, and so on and on. Um, so I started getting calls from my friends outside of basketball saying those things now were said to them outside of basketball. Now, not just in the Laker office anymore. Now it's in the media and so on. And these are people you trust. Exactly. And people got to remember something. Being in this business for over 40 years, I got allies, I got friends everywhere, right? And so, and then I had to monitor the brothers because Joey and Jesse wanted more involvement, wanted more power. The bus brothers. The bus brothers. Right. And so... I said, I didn't mind doing that because they're good guys, but also I sat them down and said, hey, listen, I'm going to really help you guys mature and get better. And uh, so I took that role as well because they felt they should have been, you know, in powerful positions, whether that's the general manager or the president, right? And so um, then when those things start happening too much, Stephen A., the straw that broke the camel's back was I wanted to fire Luke Walton. And we had Max three meetings. Um, I showed her the things he did well and the things he didn't do well. And I said, listen, we got to get a better coach. I like him. He's great. Former Laker, the whole thing. So the first day, well, let's think about it. Second day, okay. That's uh, Magic Johnson on ESPN's first take, talking to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. Welcome into the show. It's Views from the Sideline. It is May 21st, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Pappas. Alongside me, my co-hosts, Joey Tysick and Malik Hill. Fellas, what's going on? Small flex by Magic Johnson saying, I've got a lot of friends, a lot of people that I know. He had a couple small flexes. I mean, he, he definitely does, but I thought it was funny. You know, he's got to let people know that he makes a lot more money outside of that job, too. So, uh, which he does. It's just funny. But it was a great interview on ESPN's first take. You can't really say that all the time with certain guests on shows. But Magic seemed to be extremely honest with everything that went down with his crazy situation of leaving the Lakers and stepping down as the president of basketball operations. I just want to get you before we jump into everything else. We got a lot to talk about on the show today. Um, but you guys, you saw this clip, you watched the show. How does magic come off in this interview? Um, I mean, he, I, I think he's honest for the most part. I'm, I'm not going to like completely jump to his side necessarily just cause obviously we don't know everything. And I've always felt and. I guess it's natural for a player or an icon of his status to have a bit of an ego, and that's where I don't necessarily always like Magic Johnson. Um, 
but obviously he's got a lot of pull in the league, and I think he really did want the best for that team. Uh, so I, for the most part, I I do believe him. I think that um, that's probably how the Lakers organization does work. Is that um, kind of works from the top down, and he thought that he was actually going to get to make more decisions where he really wasn't, and then. People were upset that he wasn't in the office all the time because he had told Jeannie ahead of time, Jeannie Buss, owner of the Lakers, that he wasn't going to be able to be around as much because he has all his other eggs in his baskets, multiple baskets, you know, the owning partially of the Dodgers and stuff like that. Um, so he's kind of an investor. So he's got a lot of other things going on. So he said he couldn't always be in the office. And I guess that made a lot of people upset. Were you, a, were you surprised that magic brought up Rob Planka by name and called him out on TV like that? Yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. You don't, you don't see that too often as people just blatantly calling people out. So obviously it, it definitely seemed to have hurt magic. Um, thinking that, you know, he thought, Rob was a better guy than he is and maybe it doesn't had, maybe doesn't maybe discredit him fully but um maybe just a little bit of a rough spot. Malik, what about you? What did you think? Just quick thoughts on this. We'll talk more about Magic and the Lakers fallout a little bit later in the show, but just after you saw this clip, what was your just initial reaction? I was really completely surprised about how honest he was about the entire thing. I I didn't expect him to name names and go into extremely specific specifics about everything going into every detail it, it, it was surprising and yeah it, it looks like he he's not taking a lot of blame for things he's saying i want us to do things one way everybody else wanted other things so i so i dipped out and i'm obviously that's probably not how it went i'm sure magic made some mistakes that's what, it's, there's always two sides to the story yeah it's not just one-sided everything Magic went on national TV, said his piece, and Rob Palenka really hasn't commented very much about it. But I did like Magic did admit to saying that he missed, he messed up with Brooke Lopez. That he did just you say did, that. I didn't yeah, catch that. Uh, if you listen to the interview in full, uh, he talks about how he missed the mark on Brooke Lopez, lost out on a great opportunity there, and now he sees that he's thriving with Milwaukee, and he also. Uh, talked about how, you know, he didn't get, he just didn't really get the job done with getting shooters around LeBron. And he, he realizes that. That adding the playmakers was not the right avenue. Right. To take. And that he, he admitted to that. So I thought that was pretty good of uh, good of him to do, saying that, you know, he did mess up in some scenarios and admitting to his issues. Um, so I think the interview is good uh, if people want to take a listen definitely, to it. Definitely worth their time just to get, a sincere, honest, what seems like an honest, brutally honest take on the Lakers' fallout. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit more later. Get some quick thoughts on a few things that happened last week that Joey and Malik talked about on the show, but I was not here, unfortunately, so I didn't get to give my little piece of information on it. John Beeline signs a five-year deal to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers, so apparently it wasn't all smoke that he would go to Detroit for a contract, just fishing was, for a contract. He was just extension. smart. He was just smart. I mean, the added benefits of coaching in the pros compared to coaching in college, especially for a guy of his age right now, it just is a, it seems like a smarter decision, probably making a lot more money than what he did in Michigan, and that's probably one of the big draws. And 
another challenge for John. Better hotels, better food. Exactly, the perks. Um, they added J.B. Bakerstaff as associate head coach. That happened after you guys went off the air last week. Um, great get for his staff. A solid, a solid associate head coach who has also been an interim head coach in the NBA. So he will be a great factor for John Beeline to lean on. I love it for Cleveland. They have a young squad. They have Kevin Love. No, I wonder what they'll do this summer with him, if they'll keep him around again. But they have a young squad, and John can grow with this team, establish his style of play that thrived in college basketball, establish that with these young Cavaliers. I re- Dan Gilbert doesn't do a very good job of handling his team, in my opinion. But he did a great job here. Yeah, it's a great hire, and it... We're seeing a beeline type offense kind of trickle into the NBA. So that's something to watch out for. I think they might just keep Kevin Love unless they can find some unless they get some great solid deal, deal but get. I don't I don't know if the market's there anymore. Um but he fits into that offense, so I mean with LeBron gone, Kyrie gone, Kevin Love is the last star from the championship team. I mean, I can definitely see him just right. holding on to Kevin Love until he decides to retire. Uh on the Michigan side of things, Michigan's in trouble. Yeah, it's looking a little more rough. Iggy's gone. Uh, Charles Matthews is gone. Um, I'm probably missing a couple others Jordan there too. Poole. Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole's gone, and Jalen Wilson asked for his release papers. Yep, that's a huge top recruit. Which we figured that might happen, um, but because that's what me and Malik talked about last week. But Iggy Brasdikas, I thought there was a chance to. If John was there, I think he would have taken the combine and come back. But that's not going to happen now. He even said in interviews, the reason he's more than likely leaving because John's gone. Um. Jawan Howard, he's one of the finalists for the head coaching job, which has been rumored for a long time. And who was the other? The, uh, Ed Cooley, Providence head coach. And then who was the other one, Malik? Luke Yaklich is the assistant coach. So what's your – I got to go to you first. Just quick. I know you guys talked about this on the show last week, but where does Michigan go? I I said the smoothest transition would probably be either Saudi Washington or Luke Yaklich because they, they know – the program, they know the system. They've impl- Luke Yaklich implemented the defense. Saudi was the interim head coach when they went overseas last summer when G- when John Beeline couldn't come. He had to stay because of health problems. So I think either one of them could ease the transition, but they they probably want to get a brand new head coach and bring in a brand new culture. They don't want to just keep driving the John Beeline bus with him not being here because that won't work forever, obviously. So it, it looks like Jawan Howard might be the choice at this point because all the other big names, nobody they're not really sticking out. I'd love Chris Beard from Texas Tech. I honestly think it would be a really good move for him to come to Michigan. The one thing, though, that uh, I've heard a lot of people point out is that Chris Beard just took a big contract yeah, um, to go coach. And for him to basically leave that for Michigan, they would have to basically offer Chris Beard Jim Harbaugh money. I don't think anybody in Michigan deserves more money than Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh doesn't even deserve that money. <laughs> I'm so, glad you said that. Uh, to offer Chris Beard that much money, I just I can't see it happening. I I agree. I would like it, but for him to get out of that and come to Michigan, I feel like it would take a lot, and I don't think that's worth it. What's the time length of this whole thing going down? How long do you think we have to wait until Michigan hires their next head coach? Honestly, I think before the end of this month, I think they might have a coach. Yeah, they, so they, they definitely have to do week, it. We have a chance. I think, yeah, by the time 
maybe by the time we do a podcast next week, they might have a coach selected. I don't think they're going to draw this out and just have fans just asking more questions and have also other the players in that program, the other coaches. There will be too many questions if they keep this going too long. So I think they'll make a decision. Yeah, they gotta they gotta get turned around. I mean, basketball season is technically over right now, but you know, soon workouts will start up and everything. It'll go fast, and they're gonna need to establish what they're gonna do moving forward pretty quickly. Exactly. Uh, Last week as well, you guys did something really cool. Stayed recorded with the NBA draft lottery happening live. It was a lot of fun. I watched, yeah, I watched the episode. And I was like, "Dang, I really wish I was there for that." Especially Joey's Pelicans uh, getting the number. It was a good moment. Pick. It was a good moment. The the excitement, the true excitement in his voice, was something to hear. But yeah, to break down the top eleven because that's where changes start to happen in the NBA draft lottery. They did the new draft lottery form this year, where they draw into the top four spots, not top three. And there's different percentages for each spot. Now there's not one team that gets a 25% chance at the number one pick. There's three, they get 14, which turned out to work fantastically. And if this continues to happen, we might have we might see not the end of tanking, but the end of drastic tanking. It's funny you said fantastically because there, so, there still seems to be a huge crop of people that think the old way is much better. And that this, everybody's saying the Knicks deserve the number one pick. Well, those are Knicks fans. It's, it's, it's right. so radical. It's all about who, the Knicks, okay, this is I love year. it. I, we, no, no. we love it. it yeah. I mean, if I was a Pistons fan and we had the year, and this was the year that we had the worst record in the league, I'd be like, what the heck? This is terrible. <laughs> like, whenever but, whenever you're a fan of the worst team, it's going to seem think, horrible yeah. that you don't have the best chance for a top pick. But tanking tanking out in the open is a problem. And here's It's a complete problem. As all three of us are true NBA fans. Yes, we have our teams, but we are a true fan of the league. This is such a better thing for the NBA as a whole. Um, so, I, yes, I would be upset if the Pistons got the number one uh ping pong balls and it was only 14 instead of 25 but it is what it is but also now the pistons were at one point hovering right around where the pelicans right, were Joe, in the lottery bring that, don't bring that up <laughs> uh so yeah pistons could have had zion saying it here right now <laughs> uh so it's the top 11 minnesota they dropped down um atlanta's at 10 washington at nine atlanta at eight Chicago at seven, Phoenix at six, Cleveland at five. The Lakers drew into the top four. Everybody was saying, "Oh, Lakers are getting the number one pick." That, to be honest with you, that would have been cool to see no. Zion and, Le- and LeBron. Uh, I'm glad you weren't here because me and me and Malik exactly. were totally against it. I would have loved to see that. Fourth was perfect for them. I don't need the Lakers to get anything good for the next ten years, and then uh, all them to fall apart. Three was the New York Knicks, two Memphis Grizzlies, and one. Joey's beloved New Orleans Pelicans. Knicks fans, live reactions. Joey's going to have such great. a great Priceless. time going through our mock draft process this year. This offseason is going to be a lot of fun. When are you getting a Zion jersey? All you the, have to be getting a Zion jersey. All the talk about AD and all the all the drama with AD and the Pelicans. It's just so fitting for the Pelicans to get the number one seed and now the ball is in their and court. You know what? That's going to play into the NBA draft as well. Do they make another move on draft night? Right. So that'll be it'll make draft night super interesting, a lot of fun. The teams that are interested in AD are right there, 3 and 4, the Knicks and the Lakers, kind of the, the highest chance of getting Anthony Davis. And apparently 
the Pelicans are saying that they're not going to give Anthony Davis to the Lakers at least. It's all smoke, man. <laughs> right? That I I don't believe it, but it's a new. First of all, it's David Griffin's running the show now, so right. It's a totally different concept, but all right. We look at the how the draft lottery shook out, and yes, we are about a month away from the NBA draft. I believe it's June twenty second. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I'll figure it out before the end of the show. Yeah, I don't either. But the top three is essentially set. New Orleans at number one is taking Zion. Memphis at number two is going to take John Morant, which they it's have so Mike perfect. Con- it's perfect for them because they already were looking to move Mike Conley and start their rebuild with their young players. Yeah, of course, everybody wanted Zion, but to get the number two pick in this draft is fantastic for Memphis. Yeah. Um, at three, the Knicks, who all but assuredly seem to be settled on R.J. Barrett, who by account, I mean he's he was the consensus number one going into this season, right? For half of the college basketball yeah. season, I, yeah, I think people forget that is that you know going into it, everybody's like R.J. Barrett number one overall before he started chucking up twenty five shots a game, right? He's he, trying to overshadow. He was efficiently dominating college basketball for well, the most and, part. Yeah, and even his numbers are very similar to Zion's, if not better, in certain scenarios. Well, better, yeah. For okay, sorry, sidetracked here. The NBA draft is June twentieth, twenty nineteen. So we are uh-huh. under a month away. But so outside of the top three, that's when the draft gets interesting. Nobody knows who's going anywhere after that. Lakers at four officially probably start the draft. As of right now. This was the first mock draft after the draft lottery on NBA Draft.net, one of the best sites. If you're looking for something with good analysts and good analysis and great content, go to NBA Draft.net for NBA Draft stuff. They have the Lakers selecting DeAndre Hunter from Virginia at number four. I have no idea where the Lakers want to go with this pick. Yeah, they're they're kind of in trouble. What's, 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 what's the point of drafting a rookie when you know LeBron? And rookies. Well, I think this trade, this pick's gonna get traded. That's why. I, I, what are the actual chances they draft somebody? I I don't see them using the pick. If that pick doesn't get traded, something is completely off. Still, right. And then you you move down the list. Cleveland. They have Cleveland taking Kobe White, a combo guard. I don't know if I see that. But, I I don't see that either. With, uh, with Colin Sexton. the player that's been getting a lot a lot of hype, Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. He has been shooting up draft boards. Uh, some say he has a promise from the Lakers. I doubt that. I think his promise is from Phoenix at six. They are in dire need of I'd a point guard. Unless and, the Lakers can move Lonzo. If if like Lonzo is involved in a Anthony Davis trader, well, the pick would be involved. Well, I just don't too. think they would make a promise to any prospect right now. Right. That's yeah. my thinking. I regardless of who they end up hating. But I even think just even thinking about drafting Garland, I think they'd have to be trading Lonzo. Trade Lonzo to Detroit. Lonzo and Blake? Come Anything. on. I'd, I'd be cool with that. Anything to get Reggie. Then we'll sign Carmelo. Sign right. Carmelo. You got me. There we go. LeBron would love having Reggie Jackson. I guarantee it. What? He would love having Reggie Jackson. He would love having a ball hog take the ball away from him? Yeah. Red, Reggie, Reggie probably wouldn't start. Is, is Rondo still there? That's true. <laughs> Reggie wouldn't come yeah. off the bench. He doesn't want to come off the bench. Well, he has that's no too choice. bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, and then he's going to throw a tent- on a winning, temper tantrum. On a winning team, he'll come off the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then uh, down the list as well, I'm going to go all the way down to where the Pistons pick, just to give an idea of some prospects in the top 15. At seven, they have Chicago with Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. I love Jarrett Culver. He's one of He's my favorite really prospects player. in the draft. Uh, I think he has star potential, personally. Uh, moving down, Atlanta, Cameron Reddish. That, pick, that, that would be an, 
an amazing. That could be a steal. I think Reddish is going to end up being picked in the top six. I really do. I think Cleveland might get their eyes on Cam Reddish late in the draft process. He's one that could be all over the board. Yep, I agree with you. Just with how he kind of works works out for certain teams. Because like he's one of those players that it's like, are you going to value his skill or his possible issues mentally? That's that's like his biggest question for a lot of teams. So it it depends on what they're going to value and if they can work him in. If if Atlanta was to get Cam Reddish, they would. I can't. I wouldn't be able to. They're like, they could have a starting lineup of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish. Those are some John, snipers. John yeah, Collins, yeah. yeah. John Collins is. He's John Collins just for big men. for excitement. They'd be a fun team to watch. I think they already are a fun team to watch. Trey right. Young is going to be a great point guard in this league, regardless of his comparisons to Luka Doncic, who's going to be a future MVP. We already know that. <laughs> Um, uh, but Trey Young is going to be a fantastic point guard, a top five, top ten point guard in this league when it's all said and done. Um, not all time. Let me say that. Not all time, just at one point in the season. Um, at number nine, they have Washington drafting Jackson Hayes out of Texas. He's I wish been... Washington didn't have a top ten pick, honestly. Why? I I just want to see that franchise fall apart, too. <laughs> well, eight's, I mean, that's NBA purgatory. I mean, that's where the Pistons have been. They haven't done anything. But that's the Pistons drafting. Washington does not draft as well. They got John Wall at the number one pick and Bradley Beal at four. So I'm not really concerned. Uh, I also don't think Jackson Hayes is going to do much for him. Well, I think he's a hype player. He's one of these guys that you get a huge amount of hype for. He jumps high. Yeah. He can get some rebounds. It's all potential. That's what it is with Jackson Hayes. That classic Um, draft word. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, At 10, they have Atlanta. Again, this is via Dallas. Rui Hachimera. Out of Gonzaga, uh, 11, Minnesota, they have Nazir Little, who is a prospect for the Pistons. The Pistons did interview him at the Combine. Uh, 12, Charlotte, Bruno Fernando from Maryland. 13, Miami, dude from, Fran- from France, Saku. <laughs> Dumbier. There are, Dumbier, that was good, few, Joe, yeah. There are a few European prospects I have no idea about that I need to, I need to do my research on those dudes. It's basically just Dumbier this year, I believe. For the most part, at least up there in the lottery. Okay. I've heard talk of a few, but yeah, he's the one I've seen in most first rounds. Yeah. And then at 14 with Boston, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, shooting guard. And with the 15th hope, pick in I the hope, NBA draft. I hope 16 is who I've seen in other mock drafts. The Pistons select Bull yeah. Bull. <laughs> no, 16, Bull Bull to Brooklyn is what I've seen. And that right no, there. No, they <laughs> to Indiana at 18, which that doesn't make sense either. Pistons if he gets down, okay. Bobo to Brooklyn would be fantastic. If he drops one more spot to 19 and to San Antonio, my God. Yeah, don't, <laughs> my God. don't let that happen. Pop isn't retiring. Pop is, ready to go. Pop is just salivating at the idea of Bobo dropping that far. Right. But at 15, they have Kel- uh, Keldon Johnson from Kentucky uh, going to the Pistons. I also, I wouldn't mind us taking um, uh, his name, just uh, the shooting guard from USC. He's a Kevin freshman. Porter Jr. Yeah. Kevin Porter is so his skill was beyond I most college players I've seen this don't, season. I do not think he'll he was, be there at fifteen. Probably I think, not. Probably not. Where where do they have him going in here? They don't even. They don't even have him going in the. They have him going in the second round, which I highly doubt that's going to stand. He had a great combine. Uh, I heard he's been doing really well in the interviews. He's, I, to he's me, just, he's going to be he's going to He's he's an instant like. <laughs> 14, 15 point per game score right now on a bad team. All right. I'm going to pose this question to you guys right now. I have no idea. June tw- <laughs> I like the answer. June 20th. Do the Pistons have their pick? I hope yes. so. 
I say no. Unless they can move oh. Drummond. If they attach the pick to Drummond, I'm cool. <laughs> I don't think they're trading Drummond. I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't either. That's the only way, though, that I would accept them using uh, the pick to trade. I think they're going to trade it for Mike Conley. The, what else would they package in that? Probably Bruce Brown, Reggie Jackson's expiring contract, or John Lower's expiring. You get. I might be okay with that, depending on how the draft goes. I wouldn't. I want more prospects personally, but ultimately I do too. But if they're gonna make a move, I'm okay. With I'm it. okay yeah, with my. I'm Conley. on the same wavelength as you. Um, just pair it with Andre. Just get rid of him. The time is now. <laughs> you could get value for Andre too. You yeah. really could balance this so roster out pretty well if you just trade Andre. We all know Gorse ain't going to do that. But find out where Bulbo's Bulbo's going. Trade Drummond. No, you don't even need that. You can sign a solid center in free agency and just go about your business that way. Can you cuz they got Eric Morland a few years ago and I, They I weren't they didn't have their attentions on a starting center though at that time. That was literally a training camp. And I like Aaron Baines, but I don't think that's going to happen again. We don't get lucky like that. Well, My, Myers saying, Leonard? <laughs> <laughs> Myers, let's do it. Okay, let's be serious here. I think Myers Is he going to be a free agent? I don't know what. Yeah, is. I think he is. I'm I pretty sure he is. is. Um I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah, we are a pro Myers Leonard podcast. Trade the 15th here, so. pick from Myers Leonard straight up. <laughs> Portland, wait, are you straight serious up. about this? <laughs> just take it. Just, just let us do our thing, all right? <laughs> we have a plan. Um well yeah, we'll get into more draft talk as we get closer because we are essentially four weeks the 15, away. The fifteenth and Drummond for Myers Leonard and CJ McCollum. <laughs> well, Portland wouldn't do that. I can't wait to do our mock draft. I loved the one we did last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jacob we'll, Evans got some minutes last night. Heck, yeah, Jacob <laughs> Evans did. And didn't do anything, but he played. Hey. He looked. Just, he didn't just, even look like an NBA player. <laughs> Malik and I so were lost. very high on Jacob Evans last year. <sighs> yeah. It was a yeah. good time. It was Athens. a good time. But you know what? We said the Hawks were going to win the NBA championship in a few years, so Trey Young. Well, they, Who they, said the Hawks were going to win the me. NBA championship? They have another good draft, though, set up. <laughs> they they have the 8th and the 10th. Yeah. Like, if they could get, like we're saying, uh, Cam Reddish and if they, I don't know if they go Rui Hachimura. That doesn't seem to make sense for me. Rui at the five? See, John after you four? get Cam Reddish, Maybe. I would go for, like, Bull Bull. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Like, if they went Cam Reddish into Bull Bull, yeah. they'd be a snipe that would squad. Be insane. Because then you have John, you can play John like, Collins at his true that's a position sellout. Right. power forward. That Bull, is a sellout crowd. Bull Bull shoots threes. Like, they would just have snipers and John Collins. One of the most athletic players in the NBA. That'd be a. I would love to watch them. Hawks play. are coming for that Eastern Conference championship. Kevin Herter is one of my favorite young guys. Um, but yeah, we we'll, we will talk more about NBA draft stuff. Probably each week we'll bring up. There's going to be stuff go, fizzling in about uh, NBA draft prospects in the lead up to the draft, and of course, all the trade stuff, all possibilities. The, trade stuff, the show prior to. The, the draft, so whatever it is, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it may be, turn out to be, that'll be our NBA mock draft Did we do the show. whole first round last week? No. Yeah, we did the whole first okay. round, and then we did the Pistons second round pick. Yeah. Um, and that's what we'll do again this year. Now that the Pistons finally have second round picks again. And they have a first round pick! Yeah. What a time to be alive. Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> hype. Uh, Just outside the lottery. <laughs> perfect spot for him. Perfect to get Kawhi Leonard. The next Kawhi, the next Giannis Antetokounmpo. <sighs> or another, another Donovan Mitchell miss, another... Paul George miss. Another Listen, we're being positive right now. Devin okay, Booker on. miss. Move on. I've been away from the show for one week, Joe. I thought Devin Booker was going to be terrible. <laughs> so I can't I can't even judge I that I think one. he was going to be terrible, but yeah. I was... I didn't think he was going to be good at all. I was all aboard St- Team Stanley Johnson. I just was. I was too. 
Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's go back to the magic backstabbed by Rob Palinka. Lakers are a freaking mess. Where do they go from here? Can anyone trust Rob Palenka now? I just want to say, you said the magic, and I thought you were talking about Orlando. <laughs> magic Johnson is now the magic. The magic. I, I hope everybody knows that. Whenever we say the magic, we're talking about Irvin Johnson. Irvin the magic Johnson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Are they a mess? Do you trust Rob Polinka? <laughs> Do you trust Rob Polinka? Did the magic ruin? Okay. Honestly, I'd with this Frank Vogel hire and... I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Until I see what they do in the draft, I really won't be able to judge where they're going from here because I'll have to see the next move they make after this Frank Vogel hire because I don't know who was on board with this Frank Vogel well, hire. Well, did you guys see the question in his uh, introductory press conference by one of the reporters? said, Rob, we know Frank Vogel wasn't your first – uh, wasn't uh, your first candidate. I didn't see the clip. I saw, yeah. I heard uh, he somebody was, ask a crazy He wasn't crazy your first question. candidate or your second <laughs> and may have not been your third. Oh, man. <laughs> and you could see it zooms in on Frank Vogel and he's just Rob like. Rob face is just like. And No, Rob goes on to answer the question. But it's just like, Frank's right there, guys. I mean, at the same time, though, you, I'm sure Frank Vogel knows that. And it was a valid question, too. It just was so awkward. Right. Um, But to answer my own question, can you trust Rob Polenka now? I don't think so. He's shown that he's going to backstab somebody. I don't think you can trust anybody. I don't trust the buses. I don't trust Rob Palenka. I, I, I definitely don't trust Kurt Rambis to have any input oh in anything. Oh, my God. It definitely puts NBA a damper talk. on this organization as a whole. Oh, 100%. This era of Lakers basketball post-Kobe has been, you draft all this talent, every player they've drafted since, like, 2014, they've all ended up being good players. And you've done nothing, and you've yeah. It just shows the true dysfunction of this franchise. They've personnel-wise, they've done almost everything right you could do to build a successful team. Yes, before, they've had their yes, misses before the season. It seems like they yeah. they've been doing everything right the past five years. I mean, I mean, of but course, once the season starts, they have some misses, but their misses are with like role players like Brooke yeah. Lopez and signing uh, Lance Stevenson. Nothing detrimental. You bring in the best player at the time in the NBA. He's not anymore. LeBron James, you draft Kyle Kuzma, you draft Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, good with all the hype and everything, don't get me wrong, he's still a good player. He's still, still going to turn out if to it, be a really good If it good wasn't for guard. his dad, people would be completely fine with Lonzo 100%. Ball right now. <laughs> Once Lon- if Lonzo ever establishes a perimeter shot, he will be a really good player in the NBA. But, I mean, I can list out all these players, not even to mention Brandon Ingram. Yes, he hasn't lived up to the hype, but he is he's still, like, he's still a good player. He's a starting caliber, yeah. caliber small forward in this league. Just the amount of dysfunction to ruin this franchise with all the prospects they've had, key players they've signed. It's, I'm not going to say it's sad because I don't like the Lakers. I don't care. But <laughs> for Lakers fans, I feel bad for them. Somewhat. A yeah. little. Yeah. Well, Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. Never, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> take it back. Um, and now most of those tra- players might get traded and they'll become all-stars probably. What happens at the start of this season when they still don't trade anybody for Anthony Davis, but they go through a whole offseason of those rumors again? It's going to be so much. I hope they're the NBA training camp team this year. One of the biggest problems too now is that Brandon Ingram is a very questionable trade asset because of uh, blood clots that Ooh, he's had I recently. That. I did not see that. Um, so people are... Nervous about it. Like the doctor says, obviously, you know, he's good. He 
seems clear, but we've seen was it with that Chris Bosh. Like though? that's was that a Laker? Doctor? I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't remember, but I know hearing about it. So I like whenever you hear blood clots, ever since the Chris Bosh thing, people get concerned about it. So that might be a big question mark. He was one of their key pieces to add to an Anthony Davis type trade. When did that come out? I didn't catch that. That's pretty recently. Do you know? I think that news came out like two, three weeks ago. Okay, so it's it's been a while, but it wasn't like breaking news. So I just yeah, know I'm when they were when they started bringing up Anthony Davis talks again, they were had been talking about that on ESPN and stuff. Yeah, but I to me, I think just look at the Ivaka Zubac trade, and that will show you the true dysfunction within this organization. Honestly, LeBron is hurt. The young players are playing their hearts out. And they're winning games. And Ivaka Zubac is coming to his own. As soon as LeBron comes back, you trade him for Mike Muscala. However, Magic Johnson did uh, address that on his first take interview as well. Um, I believe it was Max Kellerman that called him out for it. Maybe Stephen A. Maybe they both did it uh, collectively. But uh, Magic said, well, Stephen A., what's, what's Zubac's numbers in the playoffs? And Stephen A. couldn't really answer, so they had to look it up. I think he averaged five points and five rebounds. It was his first, <laughs> right? His no, first time I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, it it does make a little bit of sense. But then they pulled up his stats uh, after the man. trade up until the playoffs, yeah. and he had numbers that were very similar to his Lakers numbers. Um, Magic's answer was basically that Zubac really thrived in their offense with pick and rolls. But yeah, I, I ultimately I agree with you. I'm just saying he did he did try to answer that and say that he felt like it was a necessary trade. Yeah, I don't agree with the that. magic. Words from the magic. magic Words moves. from the ma- from the magic. All right, let's get into some NBA playoff action. What's happening on the floor in the playoffs? Well, the Warriors are going back to the NBA Finals. Five straight NBA Finals. First team to do it, I think, since the sixties. I think it was sixty six, sixty seven Celtics. I believe. LeBron's done it eight straight years. Um, that ended this year. They absolutely demolished the Blazers collectively. Yes, there was a couple close games. Game three and four could have gone to Portland. But we witnessed Draymond Green's best playoff performance in this Western Conference Finals. We saw Steph Curry get his mojo back. He hasn't been really the best playoff performer, um, at least to his potential as a player. In this whole since their start their run started. 36, 7, and 6. He had a triple double last night with thirty seven. Yeah. Well, that was his average. That was for his the, average for the series. For the series, for the series. Uh, on I believe forty seven percent shooting and forty two from the three. three. Yeah. Wow. The war the Warriors beat the Clippers in six. Then they beat who they play in the second round. The Rockets. The Rockers and Rockets in six. They sweep the Blazers. This is a bad time to be playing the Warriors in the NBA Finals. I think. People have people think it's absurd to say the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. The Clippers beat you twice with Kevin Durant. The Rockets beat you twice with Kevin Durant. Well, I will say I think the and Rockets you, were better than the Blazers. Honestly, I'm. Uh, it's hard to say. Maybe slightly because of James Harden. I would take the Capella Rockets. The five. But this is something that I've been trying to say like all season. Everybody's been talking about, you know. When KD leaves, I can't wait because the Warriors are going to be no good anymore. Okay. I think you guys have said it a okay. couple times. Like, the Warriors are just fine. Exactly. They won, without they won KD before him. Right. They they just become the old Warriors, which are uh, which are more dangerous. Right. Uh, without KD, it 
lets Draymond facilitate the offense more, which is like his natural role in this team. When KD's on the team, Draymond kind of doesn't really know what to do at times uh, because KD has to have the ball. Ultimately, they are better with KD just because then they have another closer uh, behind Steph and Clay and somebody that can just take over a game at any moment. But without him, they run the more natural Warriors, that old group that has played for six years now or whatever. Um, and they just, they're just they just fine without him. And it, it kind of gets everybody else to step back up. Andre Iguodala has played great in these playoffs, I think. I th- but he it's, didn't even play honestly- last night. He was out last night, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, I, he yeah, I think so. Yeah, he- but there's there's more pressure on them with Kevin Durant because then they have to be the unstoppable monsters. And if they lose two games, people lose their minds. Without KD, it's, uh, Steph is there, Clay's there, Draymond's there. We'll see what they do. And they all the pressure is off their shoulders. It's just back to, okay, let's play our, let's play our game. Us three, we know what to do with each other. Let's just play our game. Here's the way I look at it. They are unbeatable with Kevin Durant in the lineup. They are almost unbeatable without him. They're a well-oiled machine without Kevin Durant. But they're uh all they're almost an all-star team with Kevin Durant. They are an all-star team with Kevin Durant. That's why I prefer them without Kevin Durant because that's a ma- that's a machine that's Well, that's more unstop- fun to watch too. Yeah. I, in my opinion, it's just watching that offense play. It's just that's the true essence of how this Warriors dynasty started. Was what how we saw last night? That's how exactly. this Warriors dynasty started, and this is the fulfillment of all that hard work. KD really just jumped in and was like, hey, guys, I'll win some rings with you. This is this is the 2016 team that I'd watch every single time they were on TV because it watching them was – it's art. It's amazing to watch. Can we also pay our respects really quick to uh, Rodney Hood, who's been swept by the Warriors three straight seasons? <sighs> Future Pistons. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Jazz, Cavs, not the Blazers. Sorry, man. Wait, wait. So if he goes to the Pistons, he won't we, have to worry about it. No, then it's destined. Destined we make the play or we make the NBA Finals. See, I get swept or, again. Or he'll pull know. another Cavs and he'll fall apart <laughs> because the Pistons fr- franchise is. Why do you guys bring this hate <laughs> on me? I'm not putting it on. It's you. not on you. It's I'm on the franchise of the Pistons. The Pistons. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Blame Tom Gores, man. I do every day, every day. Any other thoughts on this series, though, going into the finals? I mean, Warriors, they, I, I think I called the Warriors in a sweep, is what I said. I said I would be disappointed in the Blazers if they didn't make it more competitive. And they made it competitive, They, they did make it competitive, but I expected them to win a game or two. But this, these Warriors, I can't be mad at the Trailblazers for losing to these. The only game that wasn't competitive was game one. Yeah. Game one was the only one that wasn't competitive. But they, they were up by almost 20 in both of their home games. Going into this series, I think a lot of people were confident that uh, most likely the Bucks, possibly the Raptors, had a chance against the Warriors. I think that's squashed. We'll we'll talk about those games next, but I I don't think there's any way that they, I the Bucks can win I at this point. Let's move on. Let's talk about those Bucks and Raptors. <laughs> right, let's do it. Um, series is two one right now in favor of Milwaukee. They Milwaukee played terribly in Game Three and still almost won in double overtime. Uh, Raptors got away with a double dribble by Kawhi late in that game to help seal the victory. Not taking anything away from Kawhi, but that definitely helped. The Bucks are going to win tonight, and they're going to finish the series off in five. That's what's going to happen because they are an they are a juggernaut. This is going to be 
the most complete team the Warriors have seen in an NBA Finals. The most complete. Do you agree? Can't really argue. I mean, you can't. they played LeBron the last literally so many just years. LeBron. So that LeBron Kyrie team, I think that was a that was damn near a complete team. The team that beat them. That was a pretty complete. Jr. Jr. wasn't losing. They, his they mind at least yet. bought into the system. Exactly. Yeah. But this Bucks team is more talented. All right. I can't agree with that. I can I, overall. Yeah. Overall. Listen, just because Ursan Ilyasova and Pat Connaughton are playing better, just I can't say they're Malcolm, more talented. Malcolm Brogdon and George Hill are playing fantastic for that team. They're they're playing fantastic, but they're, they're, they're Brooke not Lopez more is playing like an NBA like. Eric Bledsoe all, hasn't played well talented. at all in this series. He's played well. Right. Eric, Eric Bledsoe, besides Giannis, is probably their most talented player. They just they just have a team. No, he's not. That fits no, he's per- not. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's an Eric all-star. Eric Bledsoe is more talented. No, Chris Middleton is a great shooter. No. Eric Bledsoe's more Chris athletic. Chris Middleton is more Eric talented. Bledsoe is more athletic. Chris Middleton is more talented. Eric Bledsoe can do more. Because he's Middleton, more athletic. Chris Middleton shoots and does it great. You don't He does wa- his job. Eric Bledsoe That's- does his job. Get the ball to Giannis, hit the open oh three, and jump and dunk. That, you're, you're completely underselling it. You, you you're know, underselling you Chris Middleton. Well. He was an NBA I All-Star. Eric, I love Chris Middleton. I can say I love Eric Bledsoe and still tell you that Chris Middleton's a better player. There are all st- there have been all stars that that J.R. Smith is more talented than most than like most of the. Oh, for a second, I thought you were gonna say J.R. Smith is more talented than Chris Middleton, and I was. He is. J.R. Smith's talent was incredible. He just didn't put it together to be great. Do you know how many insanely talented players were never all stars? Don't don't act like it's not true. J.R. Smith is. J.R. Smith's talent was insane. J.R. Smith went to China and averaged like hundred and twelve. For like three games when he and then he came back and dominated as a six man. Joey, can you help me out on this? Dang it. Malik, I was with you until you brought up China. J.R. Smith's talent was You had it, Malik. You had it. J.R. Smith's talent was incredible. I was with you. You brought up China. J.R. Smith never cared enough to be as great. Rudy Gay's talent was incredible. He could never put it together. I I do agree that I think a lot of people underrated uh, J.R. Smith and they they forget how good of a player there, he there is. There are players that, uh, that have had incredible talent but could never put it together to be all-star. Lamar Odom had incredible talent. He was a fantastic hooper. He could do it all, couldn't be an all-star. I think he could have been. Well, he could have been. He just the, wasn't. It's a lot of dudes that just weren't all-stars, but the talent was through the roof. I just think as a collective, the Bucks have more talent than that Cavs team. They're deeper, for right. sure. Right. Their bench, they go 10 deep at least, the Bucks. I mean, if you take their top two players, LeBron and Kyrie, obviously they're better than the Bucks' top two players. All right, I'm going to pose this question to you guys. No. You're starting. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I really don't want to ask the question. I'm trying anymore. to like preemptively answer your questions. Well, it's not a yes or no answer. All right, go ahead then. So you just sounded dumb. Sometimes you got to take a hit. <laughs> Who would you want on your team right now? Kawhi or Giannis? Doesn't matter how your team is built. Who do you want on your team right now? We're talking going, like a year or for the rest of time? How they are as a player right now, you could just stretch for whatever amount of time. But how they are playing right now? Kawhi. 
score. That's where I lean to. Don't get me wrong. I think Giannis is going to be the better player. He has the higher ceiling. He has the higher ceiling. He has the better team around him. But Kawhi. But you just said you're starting a team. Yeah. Kawhi is the better. I tend to lean the better player. Sometimes his supporting cast plays well. Sometimes they don't. It's on and off. And he's still he's still winning them games no matter what. I think if the if if Giannis' supporting cast fell off, I think it would be incredibly hard for him to like just win a game for his team. Because Kawhi can shoot from the perimeter. Exactly. A team can scheme for Giannis if his team is off and they can stop Giannis. I, it's hard to scheme for Kawhi. He can do everything on offense. And he plays everything. defense just as good as he does exactly. offense. But Giannis does that too. Giannis is a yeah, but that's player of the that's year. even more just because of his natural length. Fair enough, but Kawhi's also got m- baseball mitts on his hands. True. True. Um, how does the series end? It's two one right now. I say Bucks and five. What do you guys think? I think the Bucks end up winning. I'll take them in six. Any chance this thing goes seven? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think it's more likely to go six. Just because Kyle Lowry has actually played better than I thought in this playoffs for once. Uh, So if he has another good game, there's a possibility that Raptors could pull another one out. You guys picking Raptors tonight? Either of you? I'll take them tonight. Man, if they win tonight, though, that would be pretty... That would make things interesting. Yeah, I think they might win tonight. But I, I think the Bucks still take it. I hope the Raptors win just because I want a series. Something that lasts a little bit longer. Otherwise, we have to wait till May 31st for the NBA Finals to start. So let's uh, let's keep this one going a little bit longer. Uh, that's about it for playoff talk right now. Before we move on, we'll touch a little bit on the Tigers. Joey wants to talk about the Tigers for some reason. Um, well, do you think, because you were talking about, you're okay, kind of giving me, you're giving me flack about the Warriors. You think the Bucks could beat the Warriors? Oh, yeah, I do. I think they have the offensive scheme that could break the Warriors. I think they could spread the de- the Warriors' defense so thin where they are just as an ex- as explosive offensively as the Warriors are. And then it just comes out to who's hot. I can't go that. I far. disagree. Why? Uh, they can't they can't be, get expo- they can't be explosive. Have you not watched? Because if you, you look They're the they're the highest paced offense in both the regular season and the playoffs scoring the most points in both of those. And, and they, the Warriors. this Warriors team, this Warriors team that we just saw with no KD, no DeMarcus, this Warriors team is I don't even different. throw DeMarcus in but there. That, He's a non this Warriors I have team, to include him just because I have to. <laughs> okay. I have to include this him. Warriors team made that offense, basically. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not taking anything from that. I'm but saying, I'm just saying, if you look at the best perimeter players for the Warriors, you got Steph, Clay, possibly KD. We'll see if he plays or not. And then you take the best perimeter players for the Bucks, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Brogdon, I would say, just efficiency. Bledsoe's been shooting the ball well, too. Um, you take Warriors every day. And I just think that having two of the better defenders in the league in Draymond and Klay Thompson to lock down some shooters, which Brooke Lopez is the only issue that I can even see. And I... There's no way he averages 20 points against the Warriors. And that's what I think he would have to do for the Bucks to have a chance. I disagree. I could see him averaging 20 because I think he could be 
a loss factor. Uh, ever, their attention is going to be so much. So he's he's on too Giannis. inconsistent in their offense, though. Like we saw him scored what twenty seven that first game, twenty nine, and then the next game I think he had like six. That, that's like that happens saying. a lot though also, in the way that their offense works. Also, Eric Bledsoe shows up and and disappears every other game in the playoffs too. Well, this playoffs he's been pretty consistent up until this Raptors series. And like I've said before, we've seen KD guard guys like LeBron, and he's gone up. KD's been able to score against Kawhi almost easily. Well, I think I hate Gian- to say easily, I but think Giannis would be the biggest issue for Kawhi or not Kawhi, Kevin Durant, just because of his length. Yeah. Because nobody can usually usually get a hand high enough for Kevin Durant. That's right. it, probably including Kawhi. Right. Giannis is but a then, different story. But at the same time, then it puts Giannis out on the perimeter and, and Steph can create and get into the lanes and kick That's it out. And I think Draymond too. can annoy Giannis just enough to get him. That too. I, to get him off his I think that was a key. I'm glad you brought that up. Because that was another thing I was going to say. Yeah, Giannis hasn't met a defender as, right. as smart. The Warriors. Kawhi is a great Kawhi, defender. The Kawhi Warriors. Is a great defender. But Draymond, Draymond isn't as physically gifted as Kawhi. So Draymond has to use different things to, yeah. to like. It will down. really test Giannis's mental. Exactly. Uh, mental skill. and mental and physical. Because Draymond also, he's Draymond isn't lean and just skinny. He he's right. gonna push Giannis. He's going to I push think him. the Warriors can throw enough at Giannis. Obviously, he's gonna he's he's a dominant player. Yeah. He's gonna get his no matter what you do. But they can throw guys like Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Draymond can annoy him. There's a lot of guys that can kind of frustrate him that have played solid defense for years in the league that have seen everybody and anybody. And I don't think Giannis is going to necessarily scare them. Like all those guys have guarded LeBron year in and year out. And I and he's more of a perimeter player uh, than Giannis, so they have to guard that. I, I think it's just going to be too hard. Like the Warriors are just so good in so many aspects i think the bucks could put up a fight but like i said i think brooke lopez is like their only like winning matchup on that team i think there will be one or at least one or two games where Giannis takes six or seven threes because draymond is in his head and like Giannis will be missing it like inside and he'll just come down and start pulling from three and draymond will just be talking to him and Giannis won't know how to respond it'll be his first it'll be all of these dudes first finals that's another we, thing to yeah. keep in mind. Too. It'll be all of their first finals. I'm not saying the, I'm not going to say I'm going to pick the Bucks to win, but I think it would not surprise me if they did. Oh, it would definitely surprise me. Would you be surprised if the Warriors swept the Bucks? <laughs> yes. How surprised? <laughs> Extremely. Okay. Uh, as of right now, I would say Warriors in six. To me right now, the they look unstoppable. The Warriors look unstoppable to me. Uh, we also have to keep in mind, too, Portland, yes, they have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Ennis Cantor is solid, but they were missing their starting center in Yusuf Nurkic. They were. Their wing, their wing players, they're solid. They're role players. There's nothing special. And that team was very competitive against the Warriors. I'm not taking anything from Portland. I'm taking a little bit from Golden State because I think they played their best team in the second round. Yeah. But at the same time, like they're going up against Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And if they play the Bucks, they're going up against Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton, who exactly. are a step also, below. Also, Portland. But they didn't have to play against Giannis. Right. And I in, in both of the home games, Portland figured out a way to get up 18, 17, 18 
almost 20 on the Warriors. And because the Warriors just have a different gear and a different level of playmakers, they can just they can just go out there and just turn it on and just make a team look they'll make a team look like they're not playing hard when they're playing as hard as they can. Does anybody know what their their regular season matchup looked like? With the Bucks? Yeah. Uh, that would be no. an interesting one to look up. Because I don't actually remember. A few days ago, somebody I saw the the matchup numbers between Kevin Durant and Giannis in the regular season, and they were pretty similar during the season. Like yeah. Kevin Durant averaged like four more points. Of course, Giannis had more rebounds and assists. Because I think it comes down to another one of those series where the Warriors, if you just let Giannis do his thing, similar to a James Harden, you lock everybody else down, I, that, the Bucks that, don't have an answer. Yeah, that'll that'll be hard if the Warriors come out like that. Because you just let Giannis kind of get to the paint a little bit, but as long as you close out on shooters, he can't really kick it out, yeah. and that's kind of where their offense thrives. So they played both their games prior to the new year. The so early game, on in the early season. Early on. November 8th was the first one. Bucks beat them by 23 in Milwaukee. Uh, they put up 134 on them. And then there the, were a whole bunch of games where the Warriors just got blown out for no reason. And then the Warriors beat the Bucks by ten, which it was a consistently it was a it was a close game all the way throughout until free throws took it away, um, in the December seventh game. Okay. And Giannis put up twenty seven, twelve, and six on average. Uh, Curry averaged just under twenty eight. Um, nothing really other than that really sticks out in particular. Who do you think is the X factor in this series? In, in, in the finals, who do you think is going to be that? I think X Joey already brought him up, Brooke Lopez. If Brooke plays hot and is a consistent forty-five percent three-point shooter from in, for, for the entire series, this series can be close because I can. I think you can count on the role players to play pretty well for the Bucks. George Hill has NBA Finals experience. He also he has missed free throw experience too. He can learn from that. <laughs> I think Chris Middleton is the X factor. Because he, along with Giannis, he's the he's the other All Star. Chris Middleton almost has to raise his game above Clay Thompson's for them to win that series. Good luck. Chris Middleton has to he has to take that next gear, and I don't know if Chris Middleton can really go up that high. See, the problem is Clay Thompson doesn't have to elevate his game above Chris Middleton per se. Yeah, um, Clay he's just a, has to be. Clay. He's a better talent, but. If Chris Middleton has to be better than Klay Thompson, Klay Thompson just has to be even and guard him really tough yeah. because he's got Steph and KD. Exactly. And that's like the advantage of the Warriors. Now, if KD doesn't play, the Warriors, or the Warriors are going to have a little bit more trouble just because that loses one of the defenders for Giannis. Chris, Chris Middleton has to be going all series for the Bucs to beat them. It'll be fun to see. Uh, I think it would be a shocker if Toronto came out of this series a winner, we can all say that yeah. collectively. And I think Toronto could get swept by the Warriors. Oh, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> I agree. So we're all rooting for the Bucks. Yeah, I want a good series. I'm not trying to discredit the Bucks. I'm just saying, uh, if you think about it, I think they might struggle. I might rock my Giannis shirt the whole series. Go for it. I might have to bring him some, bring him some luck. But that's going to do it for our show this week. It was a fun one. We didn't get to talk about their Tigers, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, they're 18 and I'll give a quick update. They're 18 and 26. They just lost six straight, but they played Houston and Oakland, so those are good teams. You know, they're, they're the Tigers. We said they're going to struggle this year. And that was your Tigers update. <laughs> they're Joe, still like the, they're still like the worst team in the league at home runs. So, all right. 
We will see you guys next week. Bye. I think Jawan Howard might be the next guy. What? Go blue. He might be the next guy.